Dad Bod History. Welcome to this episode of Dad Bod History. Got a little Dad Bod snack for you. I'm Jake. Got Eric tonight. And uh, I want to talk about climate change, Eric. I want to talk about climate change. And I, I know that we can get into the weeds on the politics of it or whether or not it's real. But uh, whether or not you believe climate change is real, um, some interesting things are happening as a result of um, warmer temperatures and um, the drought, at least in the Southwest, as specifically uh, in the Lake Mead, um, the water level is very, very low. Um, it's almost a Deadpool um, He's a Marvel character where who Deadpool basically means he, he the breaks water the fourth wall all the time. He's a character. He's like a he used a lot of foul language. Yeah, he's, he's sassy. He's got a healing factor, but played by Ryan not Reynolds, as good as Wolverine. So that's a good thing. Um, but way funnier. Okay, but it's really what is yeah, it really? So you got that got that going for you. Um, what it really is is that at the point where Lake Mead hits Deadpool status, that means the water is so low it can no longer go through the dam and generate power, um, which is going to lead to water and power shortages to possibly 25 million people. But I don't want to talk about that. Uh, what I want to talk about is um, the things that are being discovered in Lake Mead as a result of the water declining. Um, so one example is there is a second era, World War era Higgins landing craft um, that's been discovered or, or resurfaced, so to speak, um, in Lake Mead. It was, um, and as the water keeps getting lower, more and more of it's being exposed. Um, so about half the Did ship is lost on the way to Normandy. Visible now. What happened? Yeah, they took a wrong turn in Albuquerque, and here they are. I. They don't even know the National Park Service, whether it was sunk by accident or purposely sunk to get rid of a vessel no longer of use is unclear. They don't even the Park Service has no idea how it got there. So there's just a random World War Two era ship in the bottom of Lake Mead, but it's now being exposed. Um, and then also uh, a couple of weeks ago, there's these stories of uh, human remains being found in Lake Mead, ostensibly from mobsters that had executed people in Las Vegas and then dumped their bodies in the lake, assuming this lake will never drop to a point where these bodies will ever get rediscovered. Uh, and so now they found these bodies um, and they're <laughs> using them to solve cold cases from 50, 60, 70 years ago in Las Vegas. Um, a little more ancient is uh, in Norway, uh, and this was a couple years ago, this story first broke, I believe. But the, the glacier melt in Norway is so significant that they've discovered an entire trade route um, in Norway and um, hundreds of Viking artifacts, uh, arrows, shoes, um, artifacts from different parts of the world and the Langfon ice patch. And this spans uh, anywhere from... I believe like 800 to 1300 years ago and possibly even earlier that this trade route was used um, by the Norse folks. Um, and so you've got all of these incredible artifacts being found and it's not just Norway and it's not just the American Southwest in Italy, a bridge called Nero's bridge has resurfaced due to the extreme drought in Italy. Um, this is on the Tiber river. And uh, so you've got all these kind of 
awesome archaeological finds uh, that have been either discovered or re-uncovered. I believe in Iraq, um, the Tigris and Euphrates River had a drought. And so they found this like ancient Babylonian city and um, the water receded enough to where they could do excavation. And then as the water started coming back in, they had to recover it up so that they could work on it later when the water receded again. But like all these incredible finds about the, you know, our human past. However, the reason we're able to make these excavations are because of massive changes to the local ecology due to either drought in the Southwest, melting glaciers in Norway, um, or drought like in Italy and in Iraq. So you have in these, those conditions, whether or not you believe in man-made climate change, those conditions are not good for the people that live there currently, yeah. but we're able to discover more about the this people makes that me, used to live there uh, reminds hundreds, me if not of, thousands of, of years something ago. that I teach about on multiple occasions, and that's the Aral Sea. And the Aral Sea, which is in, uh, it's like near Uzbekistan, mm. um, Aral Sea used to be the fourth largest lake in the world. And during the 1960s, the Soviet government went into Uzbekistan and began to basically uh, there's these rivers that flow into the Aral Sea. And what they said is, well, why don't we, you know, we're going to run these farms. We're going to make food for people. And that's a good thing. And so they started uh, creating irrigation off of these, these two rivers Mm -hmm. and they irrigated all this land. Well, that was water that wasn't going into the Aral Sea. So the Aral Sea is like 10% of its original size. From 1965, it's been, what, 60 years? The Aral Sea, which used mm-hmm. to be the fourth largest lake, is now, it has four separate lakes. Um, there's this, this the, the lake bed is now uh, a desert, and the desert has a name as well. Uh, what is it called? It's, you know, it's, it's this, it's just insane change that was made, you know, what's, what's the worst that can happen when you just try to make some farms? You took the fourth largest lake in the world and made it disappear. So. Mm-hmm. Which devastated yeah, you had an entire fishing villages, economy, not routes. just the ecology environment, but there's fishermen. Yeah. And like, that's all gone. You, you've got these, um, you know, this, these boats are just sitting in this desert now because they couldn't move them, I guess. And they just had to leave. And so devastated the economy and the people that lived and thrived off of the Aral Sea um, because they used it for farms. Like you said, farms are good. That's not a bad thing. I mean, it's the same thing. That's a big part of why Lake Mead exists is so that you can provide irrigation to the Imperial Valley in California. That's not a bad thing, but... The, the negative consequences of that are we are drawing too much water, more water than can be recharged by the Colorado River, and that's exacerbating these drought-like conditions that the Southwest has lived in. And and so, you know, in, in any time humans develop land, they're going to impact the ecology and the environment. Whether or not you believe in the man-made climate change, you're going to impact the environment that you are developing, often in negative ways. Um because nature is not made to survive in cities. It can, it can, you know, find ways to adapt, but 
it's not made to survive that way. And so you do it too much and you can have these horrible consequences that happen like the Errol Sea. Um, so yeah, it's, it is really interesting. But then on the other side, you know, what's interesting with the Viking one is at one time, the Vikings were navigating these mountainous paths when at least that part of the world was warm enough for them to traverse, you know, and all these artifacts are found along this trade route. Um, and so now we can find more about Viking culture, who they were trading with, what other countries or other peoples from around um, that part of the world they were trading with. And you can find all this history that we didn't know. So because of the effects of the glaciers melting and the glaciers melting is not great because it's massively changing the ecology around Scandinavia, but you're getting a so wealth a of information that here. we would not have had, had this ice not melted. First thing is these Vikings traversed this, this place while it was not frozen. So, I mean, that's humans the way I have survived it. without these things being frozen in the past. Um, so there's that. The second thing is we talk yep. about climate change. And one of the things that we're talking about is um, how humans, the, the biggest problem is how are humans going to adapt? Because most animals, some will die, some always die. I mean, if you're mm -hmm. vegan and you live off vegetables, Jimmy, animals die when you till soil. Anyways, the, the point being, everything's going to adapt. What we're worried about is the fact that we've built 70% of the world's population along coastlines, and they may have to adapt. We've, we've put a lot of our infrastructure and money into coastlines. We're going to have to adapt. Well, he, he yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, your friend Elio yeah. once said, he goes, it's not the earth that's going to be destroyed. It's humanity that could be destroyed. Like the earth is going to outlive us. And he's right. Um, yeah, like, and I'm, I, I don't disagree with that at all. But I do think it's interesting, you know, when we talk about specifically Scandinavia and these periods of warming or cooling, but, you know, and there was the little ice age, which I think ended in the 1800s. Um, before that, in the 400s and 500s AD, there was another little ice age, which is what pushed the Germanic peoples further and further south and west, um, which hastened the downfall of Rome. But at the time, that was a localized event within Northern Europe. It wasn't something that spanned the globe like the Great Ice Ages, which ended 10,000, 15,000 years ago. It was a local thing. But now the warming mm -hmm. that's happening, it's not local. I mean, it's warming everywhere. Now, whether that's a result of man-made, I tend to believe it is a result of man-made climate change. Um, that's a consequence that we're like, this stuff is happening. It's not just happening in the Southwest. It's happening all over the world, it's happening in Iraq, it's happening in Italy, it's happening in Norway, it's happening, you know, and that, and that's where it's like, so yeah, we have to adapt. We have to adapt pretty quickly. Um, cause the warming, I don't think is going to stop anytime soon. And so, so yeah, we have question. all these coastal cities. 
that so how do you deal with that is, with, is with we rising see it water levels a negative and heavier right? storms this is going to negatively impact a lot of people and it will does this have the potential to positively impact places that you know if we're, if we're saying we're we're going to see disrupted weather patterns you know we're making an assumption that how they are is how they've always been and how they always should be um but a disrupted weather pattern, is it possible that, you know, the Sahara could begin to get rain again? Is it possible for the deserts um, in Australia and deserts in Asia that, like, you know, we, we talked about um, in a previous episode, Iran and the revolutions that Iran had. Iran and Afghanistan and those countries, mm-hmm. like that was, that was like the birthplace and home of like great civilizations. We think about Afghanistan. We think for some reason it's this massive desert Mm -hmm. and there's parts of it today that are, and they're not super habitable, but that used to be. And, and that, that area of the world used to be very lush, had a lot of uh, Mm -hmm. agriculture. They had massive cities. So, um, weather patterns being disrupted, may benefit certain places that that we don't see right now. And, and again, that's going to be very disruptive to the rest of us. Sure. Um, I mean, it, you know, something. But that's in the bets of even so, like they say, because the ice is retreating, um, you know, in the polar caps, that mm-hmm. permafrost is melting. Well, that permafrost Here now becomes Siberia. Um, and so you can farm or graze that. Well, yeah, and that's kind of what's happening. So they're like, but, you know, and so in that regard, in that part of the world, the ice melting isn't bad. But in so many other parts of the world, it is bad. So, yeah, I agree that there could be places where the weather patterns changing are a definite benefit to those parts of the world. But as a whole, the humanity, because we are a global people now, we have to learn really quick to take advantage of those positive changes so that we can offset where those negative changes are coming. I mean, if the if the Midwest or California becomes unfarmable because of the drought that has existed in the 20 years for the in the Southwest, that's going to devastate the mm. world economy. It's going to devastate millions of people that can't fo- eat food. Not probably not a lot of Americans will be okay, relatively speaking. But people in Africa and parts of Asia are going to be mm-hmm. starving to death because they were dependent on that food. You know, and that's a, another issue with Ukraine. The war in Ukraine is, you know, all that wheat was going to parts of the world where they can't grow wheat, and so like. That's the thing is we have to adapt really, really quickly to those changes to minimize the human cost, I would say. But I agree. I think those changes could possibly lead to some benefits. And I think humanity as a whole does some of their best work. uh, Sounds like me getting a master's degree. um, When we absolutely have to. (laughs) Like... 
Yeah, exactly. Like it's like, all right, I got to get this paper written because it's due tomorrow, and I have not prepared. So let's do it. Like, unfortunately, we have a history of doing our best work when we absolutely have to, and that may be the case here. Is that the Earth is going to force us to solve some of these problems that we know have been coming down the pike for quite a while now, um, as far as energy independence or. Um, food security, stuff like that, the, the earth might just force the issue and say, well, you really should. Well, you're going to have to figure this Peter out. Peter Zihan to be on. That would um, be fantastic. So, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, why wouldn't he? <laughs> Peter Zihan, you want to do this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, yeah, that'd be great. Anyway, um, but it is interesting, you know, and I think parts of the world are going to be largely okay. I think America will hurt um, the more that global warming or climate change happens. But mm-hmm. America has got a lot of advantages geographically that other parts of the world don't. And so we'll probably be able to weather those, those growing pains better than most countries. Um, but yeah, it is a fascinating question. And I believe climate change is here it's not going to stop anytime soon, whether or not you believe it's man-made or not. It, it's affecting the way our world is going to function and it's going to change the norms by which we thought things like weather patterns um, are going to function and, and, and operate. And we need to adapt really quickly to to not only mitigate the human cost, but to yeah. take advantage of the opportunities that we can. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't have much to add. I mean, I, I think it, there's... Well, that's all I got. From an academic point of view, so. it, it would, I guess, aside from the obvious human cost of changes that, at this point, may be out of our control, I'm very curious to see what, you know, how human societies will interact with and... and sure. uh you know, respond to this, right? Right. Like what are going to be the movements, the major movements of people, the major changes. And again, that we're just talking about stuff that I'm unlikely to, to see, but when we look back in history, we've seen well, major some of this is, is in society. It's fascinating to kind of follow that. Um, we're gonna have to follow it in real time though. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, a a counterpoint to this, and Peter Zion would say, you know, there's a population collapse globally that we are on the precipice of, and in many parts of the globe, it's already started. Um, And so in that regards, and I know a population collapse economically is devastating to a nation state because we live in a growth-based economy where the economy grows as the population grows. And that's, you know, that's a consumer based economy. So economically, we're going to have to learn how to shape our future nation states economies and to something that can't just be, you know, perpetual growth based because the populations are collapsing in many parts of the world. And that's just a reality. And you can't just force people to have more kids I mean, you can try. I mean, and maybe have some limited success programs, but not enough and to I turn think the, the tide. The last time somebody did that, I mean, it was the Nazis. But sure, <laughs> you know, 
so. <laughs> yeah. Which right. we try not to use as our standard yeah, I mean, for well-functioning society. Um, but that's the thing is, you know, when we talk about food security, you know, like all these people that are going to starve potentially. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and you know, climate change and if part of that solution, I'm not advocating for it, but part of that solution appears to be this trend where human populations are sinking in many parts of the world. And that's a trend that's going to continue again for the next 20, 30, 40 years. And it's just interesting to see that as, and it's not something that any government is mandating. It's just as a result of modern, oh, it's a, it's a modernization it's a, and, Byproduct of affluence, kind of, kind of our own success. We don't, yeah, we don't need to have lots of kids to carry on the next generation anymore. It's just, it's something you don't have to do, you know, to go work the farm or or anything like that. You just have enough kids, or have as many kids as you want or don't want, and and that's it. And so it's fascinating to see that trend as well kind of coincide with the environmental and climate trends. Yeah. Um, so okay. Yeah. That's all I got. That Now that's all I got. I thought all that's right. all I had well. before, but now I'm done. So, all right. Well, thank you for joining us. This little dad bot snack. I'm Jake. This is Eric. Make sure you guys like subscribe, follow us. Uh, we are also on TikTok, uh, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you can get podcasts. Um, Thank you so much for watching us, and we'll see you all next time. Mm -hmm.